Songs are prayers, mantras for becoming, anthemic heirlooms and portals to our deepest truth. Songs are my favorite way to connect with people and their stories. My name is Hope Litwin, and this is Three Songs Podcast, a place to excavate your story through the songs that raised you. This week on Three Songs, I had the grand honor of sitting with my teacher and mentor, Tyende Braxton. Tyende is a composer, guitarist, electronic musician who thinks about music in a really expansive and refreshing way. He became really well known for his work in the band Battles, but his work has gone really far beyond that into vast and unexplored realms, most recently with his release of Telekinesis, which is a piece for orchestra and electronics. We've had some amazing conversations and lessons this semester that have gotten me really fired up about some of the more conceptual ideas I'm exploring in my recent work. So I'm really happy that he has recently joined the faculty at Princeton and really glad that you will all have the chance to sit with him in this episode of Three Songs as he shares a bit about his influences. I hope you enjoy. So I could say Maybe in the last 10 years, maybe the most profound piece that kind of really um, kind of went off like a bomb in my creative life was Morton Feldman's piece for violin and orchestra. Nice. The thing is with Feldman is that, you know, I studied some of his work in school, kind of thought I understood him. He kind of occupies such a unique space, durational, um, you know, low dynamic piano pianissimo quadruple piano and you know extended forms and you know i listened to coptic light and and um patterns in a chromatic field and stuff like that like some of his later pieces um in school he did the he did the string quartet piece that's like six hours long right. so i was really appreciating his um his his way of thinking about music but i kind of thought i understood I, I thought I just kind of understood him through those talking points of just like right. durational, low dynamic and extended form. And okay, got it. That's what he I is. I feel like a lot of people in that school are kind of like that. They have so much depth. Cause yeah. It's a 1950s New York school. Yeah. And then the more you spend time with him, the more you're like. Yeah. Like I, the thing with this particular piece. So I was kind of struggling. Um, I did like a series of like, uh, chamber orchestra pieces you know mm -hmm. i did this electroacoustic record that's like kind of chamber orchestra and electronics um called central market and it was like very whimsical and i was kind of like approaching the orchestra in a way that was really exciting to me at the time but it was also kind of um it was through the lens of like you know traditional romantic uh classical music which i i, I do love but um i started thinking about what it meant to like uh, reposition some of that music in, in, in something that had to do more with like give, giving more of a sense of space and what does it mean to meditate on ideas and stuff like that. You know, just kind of like taking uh, a lot of this music from like the concert hall and trying to, like, what does it mean to take it outside the concert hall? Just period. What does it mean to like put it in a space that kind of recontextualizes? Totally. It's kind music. of like like space, like globalization of concert hall. Mm -hmm. almost. It's like, yeah, we've been existing in our little city, but like that doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Or like it could in certain contexts, but not all the time. It's exciting yeah. to think of music, not whatever you're, uh, whatever you're trying to make kind of outside of the space that it should naturally be in. Just like that, just right then and there just kind of opens up possibilities to like, mm -hmm. think about 
multimedia and, and recontextualizing the music, depending on how it's presented. So I was thinking about all these things, right? And I was just like, okay, that's interesting. And um, a friend of mine was like, and, and, and at the same time, I really love a lot of the, um, a, a lot of kind of so-called kind of art music or, uh, you know, uh, music that straddles the line between uh, the concert hall and the gallery. It's, it's very meditative or, or, or stereotypically, at least for me, I always came upon music that was like very meditated, med very meditative, um, very much so on the other side where it's like really evoking a sense of space. And that's exciting too. But I was like, where do you meet in the middle? I want to feel like there's yeah. some kind of, um, you know, some essence of development or something that you could kind of follow along as a piece. And yet at the same time, be able to get a sense of space. Like, can I have my cake and eat it too? Can we, can we have like both of those elements? Um, and I knew like, again, I had a kind of very generic outlook on, um, Feldman's music. And I, I pre, I was kind of appreciating his role, but I wasn't, uh, I hadn't done like a deep dive into his world and someone suggested, um, Oh, you should check out Feldman. I was like, yeah, no, I, I know his stuff. Um, Coptic light, you know, some of the later durational pieces, string quartet. Yeah. I, I think I get him. He's like, and my friend was like, Oh, you should check out the, um, he did a series of kind of concerto like pieces with orchestra in the seventies before he ran into, you know, before he started going into the smaller, more condensed pieces. And, and it kind of like informed the way he thought you should check those out. And I was like, well, all right, I should check this out. I should also say leading up to Feldman, I was like, I had been in a very deep and exhaustive, uh, exhaustive Verez kind of, uh, meditation. Ionization. Ionization. And for me, I just, again, same thing, big pieces. I love uh, ionization, obviously one of the mo like most important kind of in, in maybe the first serious, like, um, percussion quartet piece the reason that piece blows my mind is yeah. i actually did like a little paper on it in undergrad and yeah. he was talking about exploring new forms mm -hmm. which is pretty clear in that piece but he was like i was really interested in nature and like how nature forms and he became obsessed with crystals and like crystal formation crystallization and crystals think like computers think or like mm -hmm. they grow like you know it's like a zero one mm -hmm. like just infinite variety of of Zero one, zero yes. one, zero one. And he talked about his pieces about through through the idea of crystallization, about yeah. how just like these like imperfect forms that like are birthed out of it, which to me also is like it's just like uh deeply uh acknowledging deeply the um idea of intuition in, in creating yeah, concept, and like and, and letting yourself just totally go. And, and that, embracing forms that like I, I think I was so sick of the way people were talking about musical form. No doubt. I was like, this is so emaciated and strange. And yeah. like, you spend one day in nature and you automatically know that can't be it. So I was like, oh, someone looking to nature for form. No like, doubt. Hum human <laughs> yeah. constructs against uh, inside of form and kind of ignoring the natural world. Right. And like seeing some, seeing someone like him was really profound. And I love ionization, but um, Americs and Arcana for me, like his two like over the top big pieces where he was really trying to stretch out in, into sound design and like, you know. So uh, he's really the father of computer music, right? For like, sure. He dreamed it before sure. it could become. He was desperate yeah. trying to find instruments or like trying, you know, waiting for like these instruments to be invented to right. match where he already was. So he, yeah, absolutely. Do you feel that way at all where you are now? I, I mean, it's weird where we are now, technologically speaking, at least from an electronic music standpoint, everything exists. Right. So now the question is, 
how do you find deeper connections if you're interested i know you're interested in the same thing of yeah. like hybridizing uh or, or right. like mixing acoustic worlds and electronic worlds and how does this how can this technology coexist in the acoustic realm without it feeling mm -hmm. like it's just plastered on right. so it's like a new it's a new sense of challenges but it still feels new it like it totally feels new and yeah. vr is kind of doing it mm. like they're kind of in the world of like let's talk about really what it means to live in cyborg world mm -hmm. which i'm like yeah i mean we do live in that so let's talk about it right, like, if right we already right. live there let's just talk about it i know it's funny it's like the vr is like symbolically like oh like you know, now we're kind of fusing these things but like you're saying we're already there right like we're already there we we're just kind of yeah. just so we're like it's not we're not acknowledging yes and so you can't like really dig dig in yeah. or something yeah yeah so i mean so verez and these big pieces he he kind of like made so i was thinking in that way i i honestly had been listening to like americans in, in arcana like all the time first of all i studied this stuff in school you know just like all of us we i studied this music in school and I had a bad experience in a lot of ways learning uh, about composition in conservatory. I got a lot out of it. Sorry, I know we're kind of going the over the place. Got yeah. a lot out of it. It was, but it was deeply um, traumatizing. Traumatizing. I feel very yeah. traumatized oh, by uh, the way I learned music. No question. Because I came to school from like I learned music just everything by ear. Yeah. My dad is a folk musician. Yes. He doesn't know how to read music, so I just like you don't have to. Yeah. Right, and so I that's. I don't know, I just like you hear and then you imitate. Yeah. And then I got to school and I kind of was aware of how that I was like, okay, I'm stepping into a world that I, yes. you know, it's like when you walk into the ocean and you're like, I'm aware this is not my territory. And yes. I am, you know, but I felt like when people get eye surgery and mm -hmm. they are like, it's so weird because like, I know this is an apple, but I can't know it until I touch it. Yeah. So now I have sight, but like, I don't know what that is. Like, I right. still have to touch it. And I felt right. that way with like, like sight singing and all, like just the way people were talking about music in a very formulaic way, which mm -hmm. in one sense I was like, okay, I have to like kind of step aside from how I understand things yes. and like take on your view for a while. Right. But then it kind of got to a point where I was like, but you're not taking on my view at all. Right. And like whenever I play with you all in, in ensembles, you don't listen. And right. You can't improvise. So like, how good can you be if you won't listen and can't improvise? <laughs> and, and regardless of how conscious you are of, of the separation between the way that you work and this culture that you're kind of suspicious of, but you also There's a understand lot of that value can, there. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, a lot of value. As, even as conscious as you are of that, when you're in the space, you're in that space. And like right. suddenly yeah. that way of thinking kind of seeps in and like you're reacting against it. Right. And, you know, and you're very conscious of the reaction against it, but it's just there. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and like, yeah, that's yeah. a thing that like I, I struggled with for a long time, along with the great things that come out of it. So I look at someone like Varez when we were teaching, when they were being taught and, you know, it was like after Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. Oh, now look at Varez. Mm -hmm, he did something mm -hmm. that was like, da, da, da. And he's, they're kind of like put him in the canon of like, of, you know, or like an offshoot of the canon of right. in this way. But when you read accounts of this guy, this guy was, he was not an academic. And right. he was, he was a brilliant person. Yeah. He was a hard guy. You know, he yeah, was a yeah. deep person. And like, this is, this is what I started to come to learn about a lot of the composers that I love that were kind of like, you know, um, held up as these like beings of like, that you would just also associate with like theory and academia. Right. These were like, and they were not having that conversation. No, yeah. <laughs> or they were having their own conversation right. of it in the same way that we do. Like, right. you know, yeah, in yeah, like yeah. their own thing. And they weren't like, 
they had their struggles. They were trying to get stuff performed and they trying to work inside a world that rejected them. They die. And then suddenly academia is like, mm-hmm, well, actually, um, yeah. is pretty interesting because of Stravinsky. And you're like, you're looking at that. Like, oh, I guess he's one of these guys, but he was his own. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, anyway, yeah. so I was enveloped in that, in that, uh, in his music years later, when I started to kind of under feel like a, um, connection with him almost like as a person, as an artist, even before the music, I was like, I, I was appreciating his temperament. You know what I mean? He yeah. seemed like a kind of weird, difficult guy. And I was appreciating his music and the way he's thinking about sound design and like stuff like that. So, okay. I was immersed in that world. He was like revelatory to me in, in, in like maybe my early thirties. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like moving, like I really had like kind of internalized a lot of that. And I was kind of listening to him too much. And I was like, okay. And I was getting started on a new, a new set of pieces after kind of being in, um, this chamber orchestra universe that was kind of more romantic, which I was also appreciating at the time, trying to reconcile these different things that I was appreciate that I was into. And then someone said, okay, check out Feldman. I said, okay, that could be cool. Um, you know, I was like, I think I know him. I thought I knew him. Um, but then getting into the, the concerto slash orchestra pieces like flute and orchestra, um, viola in my life which is essentially viola and orchestra mm-hmm. piano and orchestra oboe and orchestra uh, cello and orchestra and then ultimately the last of his of these mass big pieces violin and orchestra which is like kind of the culmination of the whole thing and it's done a little differently than um those piece those set of pieces and then the pieces subsequently after this particular piece occupied a particular spot in his body of work and it was, it's the largest piece he's ever written. It's like with the most forces, it's like closest to something like Americs from Verez. He himself was like a big Verez fan, yeah, that makes which, sense. which I was, which it does make sense. But also the fact that Verez, there was such violence in Verez's work, it was so intense. Um, but obviously, obviously he was considering sound in such a different way, um, that it does make sense, but it's just funny that he's also like, so, so quiet. Yeah. Um, what do you think violence in music is? Because I know what you're talking about, and I think yeah. I'm like drawn to. Yeah, it's like kind of a working out war mm. through sound, or mm-hmm. like you know, people do that in sports. It's like our our way of kind of like contending with like the that part of life, which is we don't we're so safe now in so many ways. Yes, that, but it's still like a need to to like. I could I say like aside from yeah exactly there's those qualities that are attractive of just kind of breaking out of this placid, uh, sense of beauty in, in, in a lot of, uh, in this case kind of orchestral writing, but it could really be any, any, uh, way of making music. But I think the thing that drew me to Verez, particularly as someone that was interested in like rock music and, um, like electronic music is I associate that kind of feeling that kind of violence and loudness with immediacy that I, that I get from, rock music or electronic music. there's something about just like rubber meets the road hands in the dirt distortion pedals that's just there's something about it that's just like immediate but to now me. It, yeah i just yeah. If, if and and um the idea of good taste in the in the realm of like uh, writing and stuff usually means like oh i'm just gonna right no 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 no, no. let me just Right. You know, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. And you just kind of want to hear that engine rev. You want to hear the glass shatter sometimes. And, um, yeah, I mean, just in a primal way, I'm still way into that. There's that, in other words, it kind of also gives a cue of like what, 
um, of something about the nature of the work of any of someone's work that's working in that way. I've just kind of, you know, range, expressive range that you're kind of like, wow, okay, we can go here too. Oh, it's like kind of like yeah, an interesting. Yeah, that's really true. You know? That's really true. It's like when you have a really good friend who's capable of like speaking about the spectrum. Yeah. You know, they don't like, when you're at your absolute most chaotic, they yeah. can they can hold that. And when you're at your like, oh, yes. let's just like be stupid and silly, yeah. then they can hold that too. And it's like. Ex- extended yeah. library of, of expression that you're able to kind of like dive in it just it just makes it a more dynamic experience i feel like when you have that's like, so true that i'm range. thinking about my favorite artists now and mm-hmm. i'm like yeah they all have the ability to hold extreme dynamic yes. expression yes and that's earned mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. and i think in any even outside of music just the human being who can do that and whatever yes. they do is like full-bodied yeah full-bodied that's a good one. Yeah. ironically feldman really kept himself dynamically to a to a to a you know uber quiet but the irony is uh it's like smoldering it's it's smoldering and once you get inside his sound world you realize actually how extreme he is you know what i mean right and the gestures that are maybe slightly like um you know uh get a little louder or like do something that's slightly outside of his that you would associate being outside of his purview make it that much more profound when he does these kind of gestures um so this piece in particular you know you have like um you know, he did like these graphic scores um, in like the fifties and there was kind of more improvisatory. Um, There's more of a kind of a, I want to kind of a chance element, but just certainly more um, open to interpretation within his, within his scores. And then when you get this, with this era of writing, there's a little more, there's more rigor. It's more like kind of absolute. Um, And the fact that he's able to control an orchestra of this size and do, and do it at the level he's doing it, uh, and, and oh, sorry, I, I kind of went off. Went off. What I was going to say. I like that idea, though, like controlling a giant. I think that's why I'm attracted to like even like studio, where you know, like working with a yes. bunch of things, where you're like, I want to see if I can like 100 percent like rein in steer a ship of steer, this yeah, size of that size. Yeah, you know, and you know, a lot of his work, even even within the um, you know the the concerto pieces in the 70s, had was was like more. Um, sprawling there was like a sprawl to it where like he would kind of be in like a sound world for a while and kind of like you know it was still like detailed and stuff and and you feel it going somewhere but with violin and orchestra in particular it was a bunch of small condensed almost rhythmic ideas kind of in sequence um not solely there's still like open-ended uh sprawl to it but it's just different it's different than how you had done it before and it, yeah. and it indicates something about what was to come for his later pieces yeah um so it's like this weird turning point. It is the biggest piece he ever wrote. And when people talk about him, they talk about Coptic light and, you know, mm-hmm. and like, uh, his, his later pieces, which are all amazing. And for some reason, I hadn't really heard anyone speak about this, like this 10 years of work that he did in a way that was like really revelatory to me. Cause I was also so interested in the orchestra still. I mean, right. And I'm yeah. still very interested in the orchestra and like his take on it was, is so unique. And so, yeah, that piece in particular, I know I, I could spin my wheels about it. Um, Let's listen. And then I want, I have, I have things I want to ask, but I'm like, I should listen first. Before okay. I, Cause it might be answered. Or not. So it's funny. It starts off. Um, starts off in a way that.
when you search violin and orchestra, his is not the first piece that comes up. Music to study. Yeah, right. Oh, wait a minute. Where is it? And this particular, and this is another just shame of it, is that this particular recording was recorded in 2013. You know, maybe, was it? 23 years after he died you know wow and like i don't know if you ever got to hear this piece in this at this fidelity yeah um i'm sure he had maybe he was able to see some performances he wrote this in 79 wow. you know what i mean so i'm sure he I'm, I, I'm i'm pretty sure he saw a performance but this recording is just like otherworldly i've kind of never heard a, a recording quite like this for a piece of this size this it, is another element that i feel like is often missing in classical music i'm I mean, I guess the like the Beethoven stuff, they have like a, a way that they do it, but I feel like for kind of more new classical-ish style. Yeah. Like the recording part is not considered as much, I feel like. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, like what you can do with that, or maybe it's like the, the cyborg thing. It's like you're ignoring this whole element of how people are going to be. I know. I, this or... It's funny. Like I, this recording, it's it seems like um, orchestral recording has gotten better. Mm -hmm. certainly gotten better technologically speaking over the past 20 years you know mm -hmm. um and it's still within the re the realm of setting up decatry mics right, it's like get a clean orchestra sound yeah. and it's like okay but is that all we're gonna do right just right, right, like get right, the right. cleanest orchestra but then what right like, no i know i mean I, I just finished this uh orchestra piece myself this like kind of electroacoustic thing where i really used the studio and like did like layers of um you know you know, did like overdubbing a whole orchestra without it, the full orchestra being there. Nice. And, and it's, it's exciting to use the studio and think about the studio right. in those terms with, within a piece like that. Right. Um, the thing that's interesting about this is that the sense of space they're able to get within the mm. recording, it does sound modern and it does sound cool. otherworldly. Yeah. Um, I love how it starts. It starts really, um, this is another thing I think about too when I um, am getting into a piece, like kind of like we said, the um, how how much dynamic experience can you hold? Violence, right? Sense right. of humor. For me, absurdity is something that's always at the top of the list of like For if sure. if a piece can yeah. withstand a level of absurdity and still read is like whoa. There's something about that that un unlocks it for me. That's really true. When yeah. I first when I first heard this piece, the way it opens, I was actually kind of off put by it or it's just i was just kind of like what that's really weird way to start the piece and then as it unfolds you start to really you got to kind of go back and it only happens in the beginning mm -hmm. and you're like why why did he do that it was such, such a weird way to start the piece and then it kind of opens into this like um you know almost like um what's the word just like i was gonna say stoic but something more royal than that just like this like heavy realm but he starts it in this really way, uh, in this really, um, I would say, kind of tongue-in-cheek way. Hmm. So this is uh, Violin and Orchestra by Feldman.
That's beautiful. It's a great. It it keeps going into like uncharted sonic. It already are, feels uncharted, so I'm yeah. I'll have to listen to that. I've not heard this piece before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm I'm thankful. Um, my friend uh, said you should sit with that if you're into uh, where you're where you're what you're thinking about. You just sit with this because of, like we like we were saying, coming from this chamber world that I was kind of interested in, but also didn't feel totally like me either like i i was really um appreciating the vibrance and stuff of something like stravinsky and like the romantic era like you know i was appreciating them you know from a techno standpoint it was very beautiful um it didn't feel like my story though you know i was appreciating i but i could didn't feel like my story and if and the music that i was doing um where i was kind of playing with that voice and trying to find myself in there um I enjoyed working in that way, but there was something that rang like, um, not, I was going to say false. That's too, that's too harsh a, a way to describe it, but it's just like, um, yeah, just not the full story and something that, that wasn't totally mine in, in a way, you know? And it's funny. I, I, um, there's a, there's a talk that, um, Feldman did at Darmstadt that I was, I was looking at and he's, he's talked about this before and actually saw what I'm about to say, um, talked about, uh, with Tyshawn Sori actually, when he was talking about, um, <laughs> yeah, a good musician yeah, and he's, thinker and he's, yeah. he's a really interesting guy. And he, I saw an article where he talked about, um, this aspect of Feldman that I really could relate to, which is, um, he's a, he's a Jewish man mm-hmm. and he was kind of questioning, um, his role in writing orchestral music. And he was saying it was kind of like inherently Christian, a lot of the forms and how he couldn't relate to that perspective. And, um, the idea of like, you know, triumph or cadence or something like, I have to go back and see what he, what he said. And, and he's like, you know, as, as a Jewish person, I couldn't access, I couldn't access the culture, that culture in that way. And, um, I'll have to go back and see what exactly what he said. That really resonated with me, you know, where I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm technically non-denominational. I'm, I'm, I'm a non-practicing, uh, my mom's Jewish, so I'm, I'm Jewish, but I'm not like, I have, I don't, I haven't kind of walked through life in that way. Um, but I was really appreciating him acknowledging like some of these like reflective ideas yeah. that I also felt like I didn't necessarily have access to. And, and if I didn't have access to it, what does it mean to be expressive in this? That's a really important thing to say about form. It made me Mm -hmm. think that, um, I was really interested in, and still am in Indian classical music. Mm. And I was like, I want to go find a teacher because it's very confusing to figure out how to find, because it Mm. doesn't really work that way. You don't go to like Indian music school. Mm, You you find a person who is willing to take you under their wing and you're their apprentice. Yes. But usually it's like, they have to know that you're willing to give your life to that training. And then wow, they yeah. take you on really young and there's like a whole kind of cultural wow. expectation. It's not like I, I pay money to you and I go to music school. Right. So I went to India and I was like, I'm going to just see who I find. Yeah. And I got, there was one person who was willing to give me some lessons, but like the first few lessons, I couldn't even touch the tablas. He just yeah. like talked to me about Hindu mythology. Mm. And he's like, if you don't understand the mythology, then you won't understand the music or the form because mm. it's all expressions of the mythology and the stories. Mm. And I was, so when you just said that, I was like, 
that's so true we we don't acknowledge that like our western world is built off of like two thousand years of christian uh ideology and it's like seeped in the it's no question and we don't kind of you know it's it's a huge block of people who don't have that fully as their identity Mm -hmm. because we don't even discuss it as like that that's an identity that's happening that's like yeah i mean it's captured form and and it's beautiful uh it's right it's a beautiful uh history and culture but it's funny one it's one and it's like (laughs) and i could say like as i was kind of like writing music in that voice or like trying to like incorporate some of those ideas of like uh, particularly like romantic orchestral writing something felt you know, there was something that was like, this isn't totally me. Right. Now, why is that? Sure, uh, musically speaking, it's kind of seeped in in, in uh, particular ways of thinking and working. Um, that, you know, it's this, this is a culture that's hundreds of years old. And, you know, working in a kind of contemporary space, sometimes those things don't translate. Okay, fine. But then on top of that, you know, I remember, be, again, being in music school and learning about... Um, I, you know, I, I think Feldman said it and it was something that like sparked me when he said cadences, like this idea of resolution, like that's a mythology. We just, we solved the problem. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I was always like, huh, I can't really relate to that. I don't know why, like, you know what I mean? I can't, I don't know why. Cause at first it's like, oh, it's just, you know, that feels like overly simplistic, right. On the, on the surface. But then when you kind of, or like, it, it feels like an overly simplistic um, mechanism right. to like clear like up a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So on the surface, that's what it is. But as you start to get deeper, I was like, oh, there's like a religious aspect here totally. too. Totally, yeah. And I'm like, you know, and you're kind of like, yeah. I <laughs> you just so suddenly like dealing with the material of thinking about it in that way. And there's something about Feldman, who I do think is a spiritual person in his own mm-hmm. way. but um, is dealing with these problems in a more personalized um, way. And he's very conscious of the material he's dealing with and, and, and the historical uh, implications of certain um, approaches in the way that he talks about it. You know what I mean? So I was really appreciating that, like that kind of blew my mind because in hearing him talk about it, it kind of gave me permission to like dive into like, um, stranger forms, something more intuitive right. and not to feel like, Oh, well, I can't, if I don't learn my cadences, if I don't right, learn this, yeah. or if I'm not, you know, approaching it in that way, um, then I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be working in this realm. And so now it's kind of like the opposite. I'm kind of like, you know, it allowed me to just dive full throatedly into like something that's more abstract that I am developing for myself that I partially understand that I'm partially just, you know, kind of making as I go along and embracing the fact that you just kind of like take what, take the knowledge you have about whatever you're working on and kind of like, um, kind of feel around in the dark with it without feeling like you have to, I don't know. I was always like a, in, in high school, I was always like, chafing against the idea of like having to have a hall pass to go to the bathroom. Like I'm very like anti, like I don't like feeling like I have to do something like don't tell, especially in my own work and especially where, um, I used to forge my own passes. (laughs) 
God of Fortune <laughs> but it was, passes. Yeah, it was like, it was out of that. I was like, I'm not doing that. No. I'll do things that make sense, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny how it's kind of manifested in my creative life because I feel like whereas you can get a lot farther more quickly by studying, I, I, first of all, I'm not anti-study. I studied, uh, you know, ideas and practices in my own like you know in my own um what was i going to say what's the word uh, you know in my i'm forgetting like the field realm yeah like uh, on my own terms, terms I, like okay. I, I, I i i i look at me you know i dive into something that i'm interested in kind of in my own terms and i have a problem with like the formatal like I, a big part mm-hmm. of my creative process is doing it on my own terms so i could learn something probably faster if i sat some sat down and like internalized something um that someone would taught me this is how you do it a b and c but i'm uh, something that's very important to me is the exploration like that is the, right. and and learning for me has to be my own i have to pick and choose what i want to do on my own i can't like i don't know i that, that's something i feel I, that way too like yeah. i feel very uncomfortable around like the people pleasiness of, around how like education is kind of taught. Mm. you know it's like if you repeat back to me what i said i will be pleased yeah like, yeah okay yeah. you know right like, I, and truthfully i probably have this perspective because i was so burned you know studying music you know in in uh in school um and you know it's funny coming here i have to say it's been a really beautiful uh experience it's just a very different temperament than how yeah, I, I i learned um and i'm sure people going through the program though have their own things dealing with like this program as as a thing as well and like having to rail against that so that's that's really real to me and i really protect that idea of like um needing to not only create but also learn on my own terms you know what i mean um and i so i think about feldman in that way and i don't know if i wonder if people would agree and i'm still have to like properly maybe formulate this uh, idea more there's but, this great did you read there's a book of like essays of his like something from 42nd street yeah yeah what um, is that book send my regard send, my, send regards my regards to from 51st or something like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the collection of his i essays. have it i got it in undergrad i read a couple of them i really liked them and i kind of just kept it on my shelf like, yeah i'm inspired to go back and oh it's so good because a, a friend actually is the one when i was going through i don't know if it was exactly the same but kind of like a similar like it's not this and it's not this, but yeah. I don't know what it is. And he's like Feldman, Feldman. <laughs> and he gave me that book as yeah. like, he's like, he talks about something about like, um, craftsmanship versus the concept of professionalism in, in uh, the book that is like blew my mind. And that I, you realize you just, I just so agree with, and you know, to, to see things just in black and white, yeah. having someone that like really, um, went through this, uh, you know, wrestled with some of these concepts and kind of came out with something like, so, so on point and clear and such a clear thinker yeah, yeah i think that's that's one of the rare parts it's like someone who can like wade through that much chaos and have yeah. that much like eloquence around yes. how he can deliver the message it's a rare combination it is and the way that he talked he he was he really was a poet in some ways and the way that he spoke about some of these problems were so sideways in a weird way the way like i, I just the way he spoke like he had like a very particular way of speaking that takes that took a second for me to kind of like understand mm-hmm. it's like he speaks in this for lack of a better description this kind of like poetic 
way of um, in how we solve the problem. So it takes a second to like, for me, it took a second to kind of like understand how he was talking and then hear him like reveal these like just bombshell truths that I'm just like, I, to oh me, for God. some reason, I feel like I always equate him with Bukowski. Mm. I'm always like, there's like a yeah. Feldman Bukowski connection in my mind. I could see that. I don't know what, maybe it's just archetype. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I could just like uh, grizzled takes up yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Intense kind of poetic and and vulnerable, but in a weird way that's very just like. Bleh! Yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> yeah. could see that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Rough around the edges. Um, in in certainly interesting personalities, like right. really, really one of a kind. The grizzly kind of, poet. Yeah, kind of yeah. The grizzly poet. <laughs> So yeah, Feldman got me. Um, complicated guy too. I'll yeah. say. It. Let's let's uh, be clear about that. Complicated guy yeah. has uh, was wrestling with some things that were complicated. But um, as a thinker and as like as some of the things in his in his body of work, it really really affected me. But yeah, that, really a torchbearer. I feel like for yeah musicians who are craving more conceptual or like I think thinking about space differently. For sure. For some reason, I was just thinking about his pieces, and I was like, "Yeah, I think he's like tapped into a more sp like a spatial awareness that mm -hmm. you don't hear in a lot of composers. You kind of hear like harmonic awareness in mm -hmm. a lot of composers, and the space is kind of limited to the, yes. the harmonies on the page or something. But it's like his vision like went like out into it's just yeah his approach on form because it is so extreme it changes the like the way that he uses harmony like. The right. fact that everything is so sprawling, but like particularly yeah. in this piece, this is an hour long piece and he goes all over the place with it, right. but yeah. it still manages to feel like wholly his own and yeah, harmonically and formally and the way those two yeah. uh, aspects intermingle, um, affects that w the way that you hear like the, the, um, composition of the piece. It's there's like an image that I always have in my head that the Yale library, they have a beautiful image of like this it's like the goddess of learning or something like mm. that and she has like a, a scepter i think in mm -hmm. one hand and a sphere in the other and mm -hmm. the sphere is actually the the shape or the symbol of knowledge or learning yeah and for some reason when i saw that i was like that makes so much sense because we think about learning as like a kind of a hierarchical like pyramid structure mm. like here's the foundation and right. then this is built on top of that foundation and that's how we teach music too right but in my experience of learning that's never the structure that makes sense it's like no, it really is like a sphere like opens up and then all of a sudden what I thought was foundational is really not and right. that crumbles and dies. Mm -hmm. But my perspective holds so much more space. It's mm -hmm. like the radius of like the world expanded and a lot of things shatter and fall away in that process. A hundred percent. I, I feel like that's a great Feldman image too, is kind of like the sphere of space expands mm -hmm. and like foundation is not where we thought it was, but who who cares? Because now we have all this. You know, like, to, to, I totally I totally agree. Yeah, the idea of I mean, it's why I'm I'm, I'm very sensitive to the idea of teaching music and and right. the idea of education in arts and like what it means to like formalize ideas. I mean, there's always going to be inherent bias by anyone sharing their experience because it's just their experience. You know what I mean? But to right formalize it in this way that's like this is how you do music or this is how you do this yeah, form or something true. it's just so dangerous it's, it's just super like, dangerous super but it dangerous. can be like what i think about when teaching is like oh i can encourage curiosity yes and 
assist with creative problem solving like yeah how does one creative problem solve or what does that look like and it's different it's, for everyone so it's like oh really i'm just encouraging curiosity <laughs> it's the only way yeah uh, you know and which isn't to say like you know i know this has kind of gone off the rails but you know which isn't to say that information isn't valuable you know it's just right. it's just to say that there you know information carries subharmonics there's like there's there's other things that come along with information that you have to be conscious of um and it's not you know it's not just information it's not just oh it's just a cadence no big deal it's just right. it's, a, it's a series of notes and they resolve that's all it is it's kind of interesting no it's not it's not yeah, it's, that's it's not so that true. simple you know what i mean yeah and uh, you know i just so i'm just conscious of that uh i think in like very intellectual spaces it's mm -hmm. te it's like a danger zone to be kind of like we end up in like cages of our cleverness mm -hmm. where it's like we all got here because we're very clever right right right. but right, like right. cleverness is not the like door to wonder it's right. not like and that's wonder is where you want to be because that's where all the good shit is like that's where all the subharmonics really <laughs> like you can just like swim in them but there's something about cleverness which is what gets you into certain spaces or gets you certain opportunities yeah. in this world yeah that it's like it's a double-edged sword it like gets you there and then if you continue with it it will be your demise i, like, I associate the idea of cleverness with like a disingenuousness or something it's like not oh, okay. a full or, i guess or, i'm or, thinking of like um I, a teacher of mine said like the mind is really good the mind is like a really good knife it mm -hmm. can like cut through certain things that can like slice through uh have some clarity in that way of like mm -hmm. kind of taking things apart but he's like but you don't use a knife to like sew a button mm -hmm. like, right right right, right, like, right, it, right. It's certain uses very good other uses destruction yes I so i could see that i guess i think of cleverness as like a very sharp uh intellect or something mm -hmm. but it's like that does certain things right but that's not that's not like the answer and i think i hear that's that. the danger i think of what can become of spaces and it's not just universities like there are many spaces and like corporate america which is pretty much all of it now that is that's the same thing it's yeah. like oh we're very clever we've like you know we've like, we've solved the problem we have come up right. with a here's the formula like, here's to, the automation yeah. to xerox copy our reality right. forever into the future instead of like could we talk about maybe what the purpose of being human is before we right. automate everything and then xerox copy our reality as if that's the answer yeah <sighs> I know. Different I know. skill set. Different skill set. Yeah. That, yeah. I still. Uh, That's why arts are so important. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's stick in that. Let's stick in that. Those yeah. zones. Yeah. Stay in the. <laughs> stay in our lanes. Yeah. Stay in uh, our lane. Another one. All right. Woo! Feldman always gets me swirling and tongue tied. That's awesome. Um. So I don't know. I was thinking about. Um. Just another, um, like in the early 2000s, uh, when I moved to Williamsburg, um, I was doing kind of a series of these loop pedal performances where I would like, um, like I, one man band style. Cer certainly. This yeah. is, and this is like pre Ableton or at least, uh, pre my, uh, working with it, but I don't even know. I think Ableton was probably started to be made in like maybe the late nineties or like early two thousands, but it didn't maybe catch on to like mid two thousands. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go back and 
and see. But um, so, you know, electronic music was certainly thriving in like the UK and there was like all these great scenes of kind of experimental um, electronic music that, um, and, you know, electronic music certainly had been going on since like the fifties or something, but um, I couldn't afford like a drum machine or something like that. And there wasn't, there wasn't too many, um, there were like, you know, there was like some raves and stuff that I went to in college, but there wasn't like a lot of like pop electronic music, uh, that strong of a culture in the U S at that time. It wasn't like a dominating thing that was just understood. Um, and there certainly wasn't like a lot of tools, um, and stuff available to people that, um, and a community that supported, uh, music quite like that. Um, but after being in, um, bands for a long time, uh, before moving to New York, I accrued all these like crude, um, uh, guitar pedals and stuff. And I started doing these like, um, textural loop, uh, um, shows. And when I moved to New York, um, I realized that that kind of feeling of using these crude electronics was kind of in the air. And there was a bunch of other incredible artists that I kind of came into contact with. Um, in particular, this band Black Dice, which I think is maybe my favorite band um, out of Brooklyn from that time. Um, and in 2002 or so, they did a record called Beaches and Canyons um, that was really amazing. It was just like, uh, it was, it was, uh, I was doing this, these, these kind of textural things by myself, but then to see a band do it, like there were kind of like four of them together doing these amazing yeah this really amazing um beautiful physical absurd um really evocative um soundscapes that um yeah i kind of hadn't heard anyone do quite quite, had any heard anyone do something quite like that and um they're such an they're such an exciting band they're still together um even at this point but um their record came out and I was like, wow, this is cool. And I, then I went to go see them at this club called North six, which now is called the Williamsburg music hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but great club. Um, and it was an amazing show. And, um, yeah, so this record was, I associate this record as like, kind of like a introduction, kind of flagship record to this time in my life in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, to it kind of like um it's kind of like a, a record that shows something about what was in the air at that time and like the the vibrancy of this community totally. of, of, it sounds it, like like a permission pass like that's the permission pass you want yeah and they're they're uh, they're an awesome they're an awesome band and um yeah i got a chance to play with them a couple of times um we were kind of working in a similar world Mm -hmm. and um it was great to see that this this kind of scene that i was working in could be you know um have that a band like this could be such like a focal point in in this kind of community and and it was it just kind of like reminds me of this like really amazing time in the city that kind of like um then grew out to like you know you had uh like the bands like yeah yeah yeahs and mm-hmm. little liars and stuff like mm-hmm. that and um you know we were all kind of sharing this practice space um and then battle started that band that i was in and um you know we were all kind of like grinding in these like 
shitty practice spaces. And it, it was just like a really exciting um, moment of people like doing, uh, of combining really interesting ideas mm-hmm. and doing really interesting shows. And just like it was, it, and I think of this record and this band as something that was like really important for me That's at the time. Like the community support aspect, I feel like is so important. And I think something people are really struggling with right now. Yes. Like that's something that comes up over and over again as I talk to artists. They're like, no doubt. I don't understand where the community is. Like all the music I love came from communities. Totally. But I don't know where mine is. It's yeah. such an important thing. And it, and it, it's important in that it solidifies a particular time. Like you, you could like, and that, that momentum helps everybody in that community to right. kind of rise up, you know, and that's certainly what happened um, in Williamsburg at, in the early two thousands. I know there's like a concern right now that there are no more scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like the death of the scene, which maybe that's giving way to something else that's growing that hasn't quite. It's funny. Like, I, I wonder if it's true. I mean, maybe in this moment, certainly with COVID and like, just, yeah, just, just like the weird aftermath of COVID, everything is like eviscerated yeah. right. in community and just from a health standpoint. But then of course with the internet and everything and right you know, the ability to decentralize all these scenes and just be able to have them like collected on like a band camp, you know, page where you could kind of link to, you know, similar artists or friends. And that's kind right. of like it's taking place as the scene or something right now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It does, but it's, it's not the same. It's not right. the same as like, well, certainly it's not the same for artists. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, we crave those permission slips too of like, it's our, this weird idea yeah. and then people are like oh yeah we've been doing that weird thing come hang with us it's yeah like, hey. <laughs> it is there's something there's something artificial about that way of connecting and it doesn't feel real compared to when you're just you know walking down the street and a friend's like oh blah 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 is playing it da 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 you should come and then you go and like your right. friend's there and it's this killer show and then and it's like oh Hey, you know are you guys doing a show next week I want to you know I want to play I want to do something yeah sure you can da, da, da. you know it's right. just kind of like there's just this like natural sense of um, building something, yeah, and um, and it's so important, and um, it's almost a, it's kind of essential in some ways. And I feel uh, bad for uh, I feel bad thinking of the idea of that that's like not a thing anymore. That being said, I'll also say we we are in a new zone, and people are going to take that. Um, you know, are going to adjust to the circumstance totally. and yeah. find a way to yeah. like create momentum um, online or, um, or somehow it's just going to change things. You know, it's yeah, going to be different somehow, yeah. you know, I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I do know how rewarding it was for me to, to like um, be a part of that community and like yeah. to know, to, to feel that energy and get that inspiration and make me, you know, make me say, Oh, you know, actually I'm going to, do it this way instead and like be able to like react to it totally. uh, that, that was yeah. really important so here you want to hear a little yeah, of that yeah, yeah. there's also water if you oh thank you let me take a slurp or two A lot of albums oh yeah wow yeah great great band um where is it oh here, beaches and canyons 2002 
So Oof. well designed. Wow. I, I gotta say, like, it's, you know, there's, again, I was, you know, we were talking about absurdity before and like, like, like the screen, like, I know. It's a like space for the human experience because I feel like yeah. there is an absurdity in being alive that you're like, can someone just talk about it? Yeah. Can someone just talk about it? And yeah, it's, it's like acknowledged in this sound world. But it's, it's just so dynamic. There's just so much going on in these, in this kind of simple, simple landscape right. and um i don't know it's, it's deeply emotional to me maybe it's I also because because it like reminds me of maybe this time too but like it sounds emotional and it's i it's feel transported like, in this yeah i felt like in like uh i don't play video games very yeah. much but when you're in like one of those where you're like running through yeah. and it's like the camera's like following you as the character like running through all these different environments yeah like how do i feel that moment yeah, like, that's right. actually really hard to do to create it's really yeah but i was thinking like how beautiful would it be to have like something like this like because i keep thinking about like a one-man band situation for myself mm -hmm. to play around with like oh if i could have like surround sound do things like this and then have like ephemeral songwriting like like write the song in the moment kind of improvise the song structure as singer poet yeah but have this as the sound world that i'm building around me to build the song off or something yeah like, yeah yeah what yeah, a yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. space that would be totally yeah it also makes me think about like circle music just like so much music in the world has been made in circles mm. we don't do that anymore oh, that's interesting. it's just like a bunch of musicians facing each other yeah yeah, yeah. very aware that there's no hierarchy mm -hmm. but there is deep listening and and response and like i don't know something about that shape has really stuck with me recently i think because i've been doing more dancing a lot of like improvised dancing you improvise in the center and then you come back out so like if everybody like that's cool in, in house or in hip-hop or in tap like you make a circle people come into the circle everyone's yeah. like kind of cheering you on as you go you come back out you it's like that's really cool and it's like why don't we do that yeah. but this music makes me feel like that i'm like that sounds like a bunch of people I in a circle in yeah. a circle like listen and creating this like everyone's kind of putting their energy into the center that's really cool yeah that yeah i mean there yeah, the connectivity here and the hum the humanity in in a piece like that when it's using the tools that they're using it's not it's surprising there's something about it that like when you think of electronics and drums and stuff like yeah. that it, there's so, usually it's usually more it's usually colder it's usually more reserved it's usually more kind of canned you know right and, and like they take up more space yeah that's something that i'm always trying to work at it's like the restraint aspect is yeah. like so beautiful and i think like a a really important part of design yeah is restraint yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they really mastered their language every record that they have really is it, i i really love i think they really like found the their voice and really like were very comfortable in it. What do you think it means to master a language? <laughs> no biggie. I'm just thinking for myself because yeah. I'm like, man, I yeah, I still struggle with that. Right. Yeah, I don't feel I. I... <laughs> maybe master is too intense of a word. Just like well, to be clear about your own voice feels very. It, well, it's, uh, it's undulating. It's, it's right because the connotation of mastering also feels like you're like, oh, well, you've you've kind of sat in the zone for long enough where you've mastered it. Where I feel like in bands, you kind of can get that more maybe where you're kind mm -hmm. of like, it's a collaborative thing. You accept it as a collaborative thing. You find this way of working together and you kind of embrace it and you realize like that's what this project is. I mean, not that there can't be growth inside of that. That's interesting. It's, yeah, it's easier to do with others. Yeah, because you yeah. accept the fact that it's not all yours, you know? Right. And when it's just you building something, 
you get you start getting interested in other things you're not you don't necessarily stay in the same in one place for too long and not to say that they stay in one place or something because i feel like they actually you know just like other bands they grow and go into different places but um when it's just you and it's just your mind and you're like different it's a different thing it's a different you you think more agilely because you don't have to you're not constrained by working with other people so you go oh i like uh this orchestral thing i'm doing now i want to do an all noise project now right. i want to do, yeah, now yeah, I wanna do yeah. that you know and like yeah. so what does it mean to master that you know like the, mastering a sense of mastery yeah yeah it's like I, that's like in a right. weird way you realize you kind of like i could say speaking for myself i get bored of working in one modality um pretty easily so i seek to jump to the next thing and a part of my creative process, a hundred percent is destabilization where you're kind of like, I don't know what this is. And now I want to find out as opposed to like going down more of a well-tread path and be like, okay, now I'm just going to add this and that'll be the thing. So you, you run the risk in my case of kind of like being a little all over the place. I feel like the other way to me always feels dishonest when mm. I'm doing it. Maybe mm. other people don't feel that way, but when I feel like, okay, this is the thing. And then we just add this. Mm. There's always a part of me that's like, nope bullshit like i call bullshit <laughs> i don't know you know what there's just no one way because the idea also of like working in a in series like in a mo in like a mode where you're like i have this idea i want to do like 15 of these of, of these pieces that are kind of right. from this universe that's, that's honest i think yeah, that is honest yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's cool i feel like um just when when you're just working by yourself you unfortunately have the luxury of being more agile because on one hand it's it reveal it's great because you can try anything you want but you also don't sit in one place for uh one time enough because you get bored whereas with your when you're working with other people you kind of accept the fact like okay we're working in this zone for now that's interesting yeah the the natural pace has to slow down Mm -hmm. and things that can happen at that pace don't necessarily happen at another it's the metabolism thing totally yeah. you want to jump to the one thing to different things and a slower metabolism than you do yeah. you, you want to jump to one thing and the person to the left of you who's also in the project is like no i want to do this or i want to go here so suddenly you're kind of like negotiating right. yourself within this yeah. thing yeah and that's a beautiful thing too because it kind of it does it, it's kind of nice sometimes to like be confined a little totally. bit more space to work yeah. inside of um and when you don't have that um when you don't have that limitation, you can kind of just do what you want, which is its own beautiful thing, but and has limitations, has too. its own limitations. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, let's, let's do number three. Okay. I'm going to listen to that record in full. Though. That's so oh. beautiful. Oh, so good. Do they play live? Still? They just played last year at mm-hmm. um, the knockdown center in Queens. Okay. Um, I didn't go see it, but, um, but they're, they're, they're still around they're on my radar now. This is good. Great, great band. I think I'm realizing that I'm guilty of like once I got into music conservatory and then that was really like the last 10 years I kind of kept this idea of like oh I know music because I know the canon and I had Mm. to do so much research of like the canon you know Mm. but then I kind of lost this and maybe this is kind of how music has shifted too where it's Mm. like everything is Spotify playlist or like how you discover new music right um I'm like wow I don't really discover new music mm, like 
Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know it's important to still, it's important to um, still have connections with like friends or artists that you respect that are like, hey, check this out. Right. You know? The word of mouth is always the best. It is, you know, because there is, there's always so much information, but, but it's out there, you know, totally. like, and there are people out there that, um, you know, totally. can give great recommendations. I certainly rely on friends to be like, dude, have you checked this out? You right. I think you're going to be, and then I hear it. I'm like, oh my God, how have right. I not known, you know? Yeah, for it's, sure. It's great to, to have that connection still. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll play um, is this Ornette Coleman piece called Lovely Woman, Lonely Woman, sorry, on um, the the Shape of Jazz to Come record. Um, I just love the... So, you know, he's a guy who whose music I've heard like since I was a little kid. Um, and it's funny, like um, accessing jazz for me as a young kid, I always just associated it with my father who's, uh, you know, who is kind of transcends that, that genre, but um, is also has a relationship with it. And um, I'd hear these, these pieces and stuff growing up. Um, and my relationship with it has just changed as I've gotten older, where I, whereas I didn't feel like I had access to her, wasn't mine in a way when I was a kid that I now hear in a different way. And, um, it's really beautiful to access your past and have it feel new again in a way that like you didn't fully understand yeah. as a kid. You feel like, like an epigenetic birthright kind of claim on it? Or... I, I don't know if I can go that far, but I. It's, I'm just thinking yeah. about my, uh, I mean, it's not the exact same experience, but my, my father's like an Irish folk yeah. tradition. And I, it's so weird to kind of also have this, like, why, how can I do that so well? I didn't even train. In yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. he really didn't spend a lot of time with me. So like, it wasn't right. But somehow that like, I'm like, do I just, am I genetically coded for that music? Like, right. what is that? So weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I think for a long time I was like, well, I didn't really train in that. So that's not my thing, but right. I can pick it up so quickly. Yes. So I'm like, is that mine? I feel like that's mine. It's such a weird. I totally yeah. hear that. It does feel like it's my home base in a lot of ways. Right. Or like there, there's something about it that, you know, is an origin point. But it, but at the same time, I I was very conscious of the fact that it wasn't my era of music as a kid. And I was also trying to find myself. I mean, it's really wrapped up in a lot of like idea of like, who am I? Self-realization. What, you know, what is, you know, the music I'm excited about. Um, It's, it's of a different era than than this and, and, and wrestling with that in a lot of ways. Uh, And then suddenly as an older person and going back and being like, this sounds like home to me in a weird yeah, way and, like, wow. and, and enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unlike you, who uh, it sounds like you really kind of intuitively are able to like pl- perform this music or access this music in some ways. Right. A lot of this music is so technical and it's so right, deep. It's, different. it's a different thing where yeah. I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't in a jazz band growing up. You know, mm-hmm. I was consciously uh, moving in a different place. Um, so, you know, and a lot of this music is like uh, virtuosic in its yeah. own way. You know, it's For like sure. on one hand, very technically can be very virtuosic. And on the other hand, it's just like a perspective of a, of a particular time that I'm like enamored by, you know, and also 
on one hand, I have access to it as someone who's immersed in it as a kid. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I didn't grow up in the same spaces that these artists grew up in. And the, right. I w- was not dealing with the same things that these artists were dealing with um, as they were like carving their own voice, you know, at the time that they were doing it. You know what I mean? So yeah. just reconciling. I like the term like origin point. I mm-hmm. think that's a cool kind of like way to self-author yeah. your own <laughs> musical world yeah that feels less like heavy and i like the uh yeah i mean you you don't have a choice you're just from the place where you're from you know you're you're from this it's uh, like when you realize that you look like your whole family and you're like i'm different and then you you kind of like go to a family reunion we're like we all look we all look exactly the (laughs) same right right right. exactly Yeah. yeah and so it's just like um i've been listening to a lot of jazz these days actually um and this this piece in particular uh, kind of takes me back and forward at the same time, if that makes sense. Right here.
Um, I mean, this was kind of like, again, like, you know, being around this world as a kid and not, and just take kind of taking it for granted because you're just a kid and you're just like, oh yeah, that's cool. You don't know anything else. You don't know anything else, you know, and you kind of like, over, over time, I remember I'd be like thumbing through like records in my house. Like, you know, we had uh, my dad had a big record collection, just thumbing through stuff and be like, oh, it's cool. And as I got older, I started to be, be like, oh, we have that. And suddenly, like, and then, like, by as an older person looking at the collection, being like, oh my God, I cannot believe, like, I didn't understand, like, the level of the things that we have here. You know what I mean? Like, didn't. That's got to be a, yeah. like, your, I feel like your dad's record collection is like a, a pivotal, like, an yeah. origin point. Yeah. For me, my dad's record collection is an origin point too. Like, yeah, there's yeah. got to be studies on that or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's no way to understand what it is to when you're younger and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's oh, that's kind of cool. And then you kind of go back and it's the same collection that's always been there. And you're thumbing through it and you're like, wow, I can't believe like we <laughs> we had this stuff. You know, wow, what I mean? yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. What were the the ones that you, I mean, there must be so many. Like, when I think of my dad's record collection and, like, the cl- I'm like, I memorized the Beatles for right. my dad's record collection. Like, he had a lot of, like, this term world music is kind mm-hmm. of upsetting because it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> but, like, I, I just got immediate experience into the fact that there are songs from all over the world and all of these styles and, like, yeah. just hearing different scales and different languages as, yeah. He, he loved like kind of like songwriters from mm. Mexico and songwriters from Spain and songwriters. So I just yeah. like got all of this. I don't know. It's so, such an interesting world there. And then like a lot of Joan Baez records, sure. which got me into like folk music and songwriting. And it's so interesting that you're like, Oh, origin point, origin. Yeah. Point, yeah. Origin yeah, point, yeah. 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 Dad's record collection. <laughs> totally. I remember like, you know, I was in, I was really into a lot of rock music and electronic music. And I started thinking about, um, arrangements and orchestration and i start getting into like deeper uh, forms of deeper forms of or different forms let's say that in composition yeah. and um started to kind of look at like notation and arrangement and stuff and i just remember one time in particular um me and my friends were like vibing out hardcore on this toro takimitsu piece called mm-hmm. a flock descends uh into the pentagonal garden one of his large orchestral works and I was like, wow, man, this is just so heavy. This is so heavy. And I went back home and we have like this amazing version of it, like on the shelf that's been there for like 20 years. And I'm like, oh. It was there in your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. It was there in your subconscious. <laughs> that's amazing. That was like a, a moment where I was like, oh, dude, you, yeah, wow. Like, you know, it's just funny. Again, it's like the sampler platter was kind of laid out so that you had a recognition later when right. you touched it. You're like familiar somehow. It felt so new though. And it felt like, and it was like the next stage in my, um, you know, development, if you, if, if you will, as far as like, oh, this piece, wow, this is like a heavy piece. I mean, I was really obsessed with that piece, this Takimitsu piece for a while. I was like, wow, man, this is, this is just so heavy. Like this, I I feel like this is like brand new and like, wow, I can really, you know, like the idea of harmony and form. This is really kind of taking me in a, in a new place. And then to find out that that's always been there. In some way, you know, or like access is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something about, like, when we're talking about um, kind of reigning larger and larger armies of sound as kind of like the, like, oh, I figured out kind of how to hone or what it means to manage one, then one it means to manage two, what it means to, and then like it 
kind of keeps expanding in complexity. Yeah. Where it's like yes. the excavation goes into, well, how how do the rules change or how does the structure have to shift to wield right. that much movement? And I like what you said. It's like with like the tanker or something. Yeah, or yeah. Like steering a ship. Steering a giant ship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, it's cool to think about like the rigor that goes into, uh, I guess it's like, um, like not technique, but like, can't think of the word right now. Mm. But like the blueprint has to be totally different because certain things don't scale, and there's mm. like a beautiful rigor, I think, and like, okay, well that moves this way but this behaves differently. So I have to learn. You're saying as far as like writing for like a large. Yeah. Piece, yeah. 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 The, yeah the, trying to like understand those, the, the mechanics of something. Cause, cause just on the surface, it's so beautiful. And you're like, wow, this is such a deep, um, you know, the, 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 you know, having, being able to wield this amount of voices and right. doing it so deftly. Um, just like wow, that's amazing. With ease, with ease. I saw seemingly, yeah. With yesterday, ease. Yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday. Um, Man on Wire. It's this documentary mm. about Philip Petit who who, who crossed, crossed the, World the yeah, Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. And um, you see like him practicing through his youth. Like, oh, I put a wire between trees, and I practiced mm -hmm. on that. And then yeah. I put a wire on Notre Dame, and I walked between the the two towers of Notre Dame. And then you kind of see it. And then when he was he's spent like years studying the world trade center and like yeah. looking at every like anchor point, potential anchor point, yeah. every floor, like how it was built, how it swayed, how it, and then he was saying, you know, like, well, I needed more anchor points than normal for that level of, um, a rope, but you can't anchor to the floor because that's too far down. That's right. like over a mile down. So I had to create this other system to anchor between like two different anchors between buildings in addition to this one. And he's yeah. like, what you don't realize is when you go that high up, it actually, the well, you'll sway like this too, because you catch right. different wind currents that you don't catch when you're lower. Yeah. And all the technicality is I was like, that's kind of what it feels like when you start writing for a larger ensemble. For you're sure. Like, all these things that didn't exist there are now technicalities that start to em emit or something or. A hundred percent. Show themselves here. And it's like. I feel like an architect that's like, okay, I built a shack, but now I want to build like a cathedral. <laughs> right. But, but it's funny though, because you do think that your experience will like be able to bring, you'll be able to bring it to bear in right a way it'll be a lot easier. And it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I, you know, I, I did this like, that's like very affirming to hear. Yeah, that. it is. I mean, like, um, when I, again, I did this chamber orchestra piece, it was like, you know, like 30 people or 30 person orchestra but substantial some you know it's not like a full orchestra but it was something where i was like okay that's a, that's a lot of voices and then i did this new piece that was like closer to like a hundred person like large orchestra and i'm thinking okay well i had some strategies in play with right. that that i'll be able to apply Lean on like, no, no. <laughs> it was it, and it was like wow it was actually like at first like really overwhelming yeah. where i was like oh my god like I'm jumping into something that like, you know, I might as well have not even done that last record. It's like brand new. And it's right. like, a, it's a different way of managing when you have that many things happening. So it's right. funny. And like, you know, it's all, it's all in the eye of the beholder of whether or not you've done it right or not. But it was, it took a second to like find some, uh, semblance of a strategy to like get in place where you feel like you're able to, you know, wield something yeah. like that at that size. So, so this is, I'll have this be my final question because yeah. I know you have class. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I've been talking a lot with people about tools of measurement because I feel mm. like one of the issues that we have as musicians now is like our tools for measurement are economics, which is like everyone knows that's not true. It's like, mm. how do you know your music is good? How many people bought tickets and how many streams did you get? But like we all know that, that there's plenty of people who have insanely good music that right. don't get that and people who have not great music who get a ton of that. So it's sure. like, well, that can't be the measurement. But mm. then we haven't really offered like other tools so like what would what are your do you have tools for measure for yourself about whether you've succeeded or not at a thing it it or? has to be um on on one hand just self-realization and like being or like being realizing something where you've learned something yeah and uh, realizing a project that has allowed you to learn something and like the sphere of knowledge opened. yeah yeah spheres knowledge is opened and you're able to kind of like take that and potentially be able to apply something that you've learned to different projects it usually doesn't uh it usually doesn't apply in the way that you think it could like like what we were saying with yeah. the chamber orchestra and the large orchestra but um and just i don't know you know it's funny as far like what what makes something successful is just finishing it that's that's, kind that's of like, a really good yeah. tool of measure yeah was I, I successful did i finish did you fin- <laughs> I, kind of i mean the pressure that we put on ourselves as artists, especially as we get older, where we know what it means to finish something, you know, in, in early on, you don't, because you don't have experience in finishing something and you just do it because you're not thinking, you don't know the rules. You're just like, oh, I'll just do, oh, look, I did it. Right. It gets harder in some ways as you get yeah. older because you understand the what really goes into something. Um, right. it, it gets easier and harder at the same time because yeah. on one hand, with experience, the best Thing that you take along with yourself with experience is knowing you will finish at some point as opposed to being like oh my god what i'm never gonna I finish never, this i'm right. what if i never finish this? right the only experience i ever have really ge- gleaned from the 30 years of doing music is that you'll finish this sometime at some right. point so just right. calm down it's fine you'll finish it yeah um and finishing is the prize that's the prize and and it's a it's a really um because if, speaking for myself, I put a lot of pressure on myself when I'm working on something. Cause I, I you know, I, s- certain projects are um, maybe more easily manageable. Certain projects are very ambitious. You know what I mean? And um, being able to realize something um, at both levels is important. And I don't know. I look, <laughs> there's a lot to say on the, on this subject in a lot of ways. Like I, um, having been in projects and in situations where I was able to realize some level of success in, in a, some kind of superficial way, record sales and this and that, um, it's an exciting thing to have those experiences. Um, but one thing that I, I think maybe the biggest gift that I have gotten from those experiences is at the end when I was kind of like weighing, like, you know, what is important here um you know we all want to have some money and we'd love to have someone say hey good job that's fine and you know but at the end of the day we're doing this because we love this thing and we want to grow as artists and and the growth and like feeling growth and feeling like you're putting yourself in in a new place mm-hmm. is the measurement which it just it has to be yeah sick yeah. That's what's up. That's the best answer I've ever received to what are our tools yeah. for measurement. It, it It's true. It's true. You don't have, um, no one has any power on how, what you do will be received. 
So all you, the, the only thing you can do is I feel like the only responsibility every artist has to themselves, if there is one thing that, um, I feel is universal is just that the, the responsibility of growth, the responsibility to like, you know, you don't have, you don't have responsibility to, to anybody else, to politic, to the politics, to the social, as far as like generating something, the only responsibility you actually really have is to grow, I think. Yeah. And that's the only measurement you can, you can, um, you know, take a look at. And if some of all these other kind of superficial things happen on, on the corners, that's awesome. That's great. And like, we all need to survive. We all need to eat, right. you know, and that's fine. But if you got into making music to sell a lot of records and make a lot of money, you were in the wrong business. It's Yo, not that, it's, not, it's yeah. not that thing. And it, 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 it does depend on, you know, look, when you're younger too, you want to put out a record, have it blow up and da, 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 And that's, that's cool. Like that's, that's valid is, you know, you you want to feel connection, but the deeper you go into this, um, you know, it, and I know people are into things for various reasons. You know, you see a lot of people are like, Hey man, I'm trying to get those numbers up because i need to eat and i want to you know da, right. da, 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 and like this kind of stuff and that's fine but the connection part is key i think yeah. because i i see that a lot too it's like oh maybe connection isn't where you think it is mm. you know like there's like an illusion of connection in a certain place and that kind of makes sense you know it's like i made something a lot of people are like making things alone in their room or right. alone, you know and they're like and i'm desiring this connection and yes i equate connection with numbers right so like the, you know but it's like careful that's not yeah that's yeah i don't know (sighs) maybe a misnomer or something the deeper the rabbit hole the deeper down the rabbit hole you go the more alone you're going to be in your um at least from a creative from a creative place you're going to start to be in a more singular place the farther you go down and where you're going um it still feels so good to connect with people and share things you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and you know it doesn't have to be record sales just email the record to somebody <laughs> you know what i mean right, like totally. say hey you should check this out i made this you should check this out yeah and and put it up and you know you know have it on the platforms that people have it on whatever you feel comfortable yeah. how you know whatever method of delivery you feel comfortable with but um you know and and just hope that your people will find it and and that's all, that's all you could do that's all you could do you know what i mean yeah i had that, this conversation yesterday that was really nice it was like it's amazing when you kind of like set the conversation or set the bar of like, I'm having this conversation in this way at this level. Yeah. Like your people just, they find, I don't know how they find you. They, they find you. They find you. Yeah. Just trust. But you have to go first and be like, which is kind of awkward, you know? They, and they might not find you on your first thing or right. your second thing or your yeah. third thing or your fourth thing or your fifth thing. And you know what I mean? It's just like, if you keep, you know, the, that Kevin Costner, I was just movie. thinking of Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. If, if you, you build, build it, it they, they will come. come. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's That's kinda, so true. It's kind of true. And yeah. like it, it, however that manifests might, you know, the timeline is in question, but I don't know. I feel like, um, I've met, a, I've, I've seen people go the other route too, where they're like, and just artists that are, can be very successful and they're also very miserable and they're just kind of isolated and, um, they don't trust anything. And suddenly you're like a slave to the idea of like, this next thing has to be a hit. Right. And you're suddenly you're thinking about things in that way. And it's right. like, one thing I could say, I'm, you know, I finished this big piece, large scale sound design, orchestral, electroacoustic thing. It's not going to be a hit. 
it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 something that I needed to do for myself. Um, that that's important to me, and um, and I hope people find it. You know what I mean? And that's that's it. And yeah, that's the new it. hit. That's the hit, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, it's like self actualization is the new hit. <laughs> self actualization is the only hit. Is the only hit. It's the only hit. <laughs> That's what's up. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. This was awesome. That was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Three Songs. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider liking and subscribing to this channel. And remember to turn the notification bell on so you can be updated when new episodes are published. This is an interactive project aimed at building a meaningful musical community online. So I would love to hear your thoughts and musings or even a song recommendation in the comments below. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on all platforms at Hope Litwin or at hopelitwin.com. My music is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp under my name, Hope Litwin. Peace out.